This episode of The Bag Drop, Untold Stories in Golf, is brought to you by New Club Golf Society, a humble community of golfers connected by our love for the game. Follow us on social media with the handle New Club Golf. Welcome back. I'm Matt Considine. In our last season of The Bag Drop, we uncovered the untold stories from the PGA pros, superintendents, architects, and operators who make it possible for us to play the game we all love. To kick off our new season, we turn the mic to our members and ambassadors to show you how the community itself might be the best part of golf. David Marcuselli, how are you? Great, bud. Great to, great to be here. Happy to be here with you, man. Hey, dude. Thanks for being on the bag drop. Yeah, yeah. Like I said to you earlier, uh, by far my favorite production um, in the podcast uh, sphere. So, so real, real proud moment for me here. That's some high praise because uh, hey, there's man. there's some good ones out there, but there are. But this is mine. <laughs> hey, how's the dog doing? Uh, she's great. She's uh, she's up on the bed where I normally wouldn't let her go, um, but you know her stomach's a little upset, so uh, we're gonna keep her nice and close and happy. You know, since I had a very orderly doghouse uh, prior to quarantine, but since being uh, on lockdown, my, my dog just has run of the place. Like she can go wherever she's sleeping in our bed. It's just she she's running the joint. She uh, she's my whole life. You know, I mean, this is this is my best friend. Um, she's been to forty two states, roughly. Uh, and and she's seen a lot you know um so we we've got a pretty tight bond and uh you know if she's not feeling well it it kind of it kind of messes up my whole day so uh so i'm gonna take good care of her today she's good dog good dog dad good dog yeah yeah for sure well we got we got a lot to talk about man and in a few little amount of time i've I've always been a fan of yours when you uh signed up as a member of new club uh it was a giddy day for me just because i know uh, how much the game of golf means to you, you know, working in the industry and just being uh, being a passionate golfer like so many of us. Um, so the, the place I wanted to start, though, is with a, a recent tweet, if you don't mind, uh, that, that you put out there, right? So it's it was a Golf Club Atlas interview with Bob Cup uh, from September 24, and you shared it, you know, a f- few weeks ago, maybe a m- month or two ago. And and it just stuck with me. I remember sitting in bed and having to be like, "What what was that thing?" David tweeted and and and, and went back and, and just reread it. So I want to read it real quick, and 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 I think it will kick off uh, our discussion in, into a few areas of of the game of golf. Um, it starts in the middle here, where he says, "We need some truly affordable tracks so the game can bring new players, old and new." If someone asked, I would be willing to create a golf course that was not as intense as those being built today. We and my compatriots have fallen victim to something as seductive as the longer golf ball, and that is the more expensive golf course. Any new product must have not only proper drainage, but continuous concrete paths, curbs, USGA greens, high-tech T-tops, bunkers with complex liners and irrigation systems that cost more to install and put out less water than any in history. They are so automatic, they can actually be turned on and off automatically through soil sensors and rain gauges. They will probably even start the coffee pot for you. Uh, He goes on to talk a little bit more about sustainability of golf. And then I'll pick up here. 
if we build a course like this in every town, speaking to uh, sustainable golf under 50 bucks, golf will enjoy a boom that really has an effect. It's not about $500 drivers, $200 green fees, or even $3 golf balls. Golf is about fun. Fun is leisure usually, not an automated digital warning in your golf cart that you are a half a hole behind. To get kids comfortable with the game, they can't be a part of a treadmill. The price can't be that high. The game needs to come back to earth. And he closes with, let's build some tracks for the truck drivers and the waitresses and the kids and the old folks, not separately, all together. Make them get along by shaping a golf course that is fun to play along the lines I mentioned earlier. Golf is about fun. So I love that tweet. Um, What is that? And, And Bob Cup. Maybe give, give our listeners a little bit of a background on who Bob Cup is and why that tweet, that interview really spoke to you. For sure. Um, <clears throat> okay, so so Bob, I, I never obviously met Bob, but, um, you know, probably similar to me, um, Bob Bob's got to start. I mean, Bob worked with the Nick's company for a very long time. Um, it's kind of where, where I'm getting my feet wet uh, right now as well. Um, what this tweet shows me, cause I've seen plenty of Bob cup, uh, some of plenty of his work. I mean, the man was, the man was truly an artist. Um, he was like, like an incredible, uh, you know, incredible woodworker, um, incredible painter. And I think the golf was like a hobby. I mean, I think the golf design business for Bob was kind of a way to keep the lights on in his woodshed. Um, you know, some of it, some of his stuff through the eighties and nineties, I, probably I have a bunch of questions about for sure that he probably wouldn't even be able to answer. But, um, you know what this tweet means to me, um, and I'm probably not even going to do it justice. It's impossible to really do it justice, but he, uh, you know, he's pointing, he's pointing out, um, the, the, the breakdown, this is, this is my interpretation. So he's pointing out the breakdown between what the direction he sees the need for the game to, to go. Um, and contrasting that against the direction that the clients are are giving him, right? So it's not as romantic as a lot of us like to think. Um, Bob's hands were tied by housing development clients that needed a golf course. Um, and with that comes, hey, we need 73, 7,500 yards. We need beautiful, you know, postcard style bunkering, um, you know, beautiful images. It's all about sales and marketing. Um, and that probably ate at Bob quite a bit, as you can hear, uh, from his words, um, in, in, in that tweet, in that golf club Atlas interview, um, for, for him, the game had much more, it was more meaningful. It was more spiritual. Um, it was more community based. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's not the line. That's not really the end product that, that he really delivered. Um, and, and again, uh, in, in my eyes, that's, that's a breakdown from what we're paid to do and, and, and what we want to do. Um, and kind of dancing that line, tiptoeing that line is, uh, it can be a challenge. I mean, there are plenty of times that I'm sitting in a meeting or I'm reading an email and I'm just like, okay, like I love my job. I love creating a golf course and and seeing all the stages of the process. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of walking away saying, Hey, like, am I, am I leaving the game in a better place? Um, than it was before I got here. And, and the answer is not always yes. And I think that Bob, um, Bob's philosophy, Bob's philanthropic uh, attitude 
uh, probably clashed a little bit with the direction that um, that he was being led. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't. It's, and you it's, met, it's, you, it's, you well, you mentioned the uh, the client piece to that is something that us as golfers would never understand. You know, because we're not sitting at that table. Um, but he, that is part of what I omitted there in the middle. He talks about uh, in the dark ages, you know, all the suits who um, wanted to have their own golf course as a funding mechanism for them to play golf whenever they want. You know, they wanted to make money. And and, uh, sure. and that's what it was about, the housing development, though. And so um, he, he kind of said himself he was kind of fell victim to it. But it's cool to hear someone like you that is so aware of that, who who's at that table making those decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I just wrapped up last year a project out in Phoenix. It's going to be a phenomenal golf course. Um, but, you know, in, in these instances where you're where you're doing, you know, one of these housing um, housing golf course developments, the 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 developer or the client the owner they're just like well how can i get homes on both sides of the golf hole because now i have golf frontage on two sides and and really what happens it's like there are very few people in the golf world that are are walking virgin land and discovering golf holes i mean that's that's what drew me to the industry but i'll probably never have that luxury in my lifetime um, because when we're stepping foot on a new site, um, it's either we're blowing up an existing golf course and making it better, or I'm getting a set of plans, a set of corridors from a civil engineer for the city, uh, fill in the blank saying, okay, this is your width, uh, for, for each hole. And not only do you have to create fun and interesting golf and, you know, and create a beautiful product so we can sell homes, you also have to be able to store you know, 8.6 acre feet of stormwater for the 100 year storm throughout the golf course. So it's just like, okay, you know, are, are, are we really creating golf here or are we really, you know, prepping for the 100 year storm that lately seems to be coming like once every five years. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's quite a conundrum. I mean, it's, it's actually an interesting challenge because um, you have these guidelines that you have to follow from the city or from the developer, from the civil engineer. And then it's like, okay, well, how do we marry that with, uh, with a really fun golf course? And it's possible. It's definitely more work. You know, it's not, it's not walking dunescapes out in Ireland or Scotland or, you know, wherever it's, it's like, no, we've got to, you know, we've got to excavate all this material. So, so these houses are underwater when that, when that store comes, storm comes and, and also build a pretty fun golf course. Maybe one of the best parts about having you as a member in the golf society is uh, Slack. And, you know, we always, as golfers, are critiquing golf courses, right, and throwing in our two cents. And I just, I I know you're busy, but when you chime in, it's like must-watch TV because everybody listens. Um, And even for those listening on the pod that don't know you, you know, I should probably (laughs) – uh, give you it's in your bio here for the the pod description but a degree in agronomy turf grass management assistant super at one of the largest country clubs in the in the country and a design coordinator for nicholas design traveling all over the world so you you have those those chops um that we we just love that you give us that next layer of of info um i'm, I'm curious from where you sit with this uh, post pandemic, you know, let's try to do some speculation. Fast forward, 
maybe a year um, or two. And, you know, the economy maybe is recession coming out of. It's still, this is a big speculation. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But um, what do you think the effect on golf is going to be from a building, construction, uh, restoration project uh, standpoint? For sure. And uh, I'll just say that um, golf has survived, you know, I guess we don't know the end result of this, you know, we don't know what this looks like um, on the other side, but you know, the game of golf has survived uh, numerous tragedies, numerous shutdowns, numerous, numerous economic collapses. um, And, and it finds a way, Um, you know, what I think, I mean, what I kind of see, I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but I think, I think there's still, you know, even after 2008, I mean, I think there's still saturation in the market. I mean, there are, there are plenty of fringe clubs that, um, they don't have full T sheets and I don't know that attrition is going to be the worst thing, um, to the golf industry. I mean, it's, you know, in a perfect world, it's, it's a collection of fewer, but better, uh, more enjoyable, more interesting, more strategic golf courses, rather than just hey, here's a little community, they need a golf course, so we're just going to do it with little flat circle pancake bunkers and flat circle pancake greens. Um, so I think I think we'll see, I think what we'll see is um, a lot of the, you know, high-end exclusive clubs, I, I, they're not they're not going anywhere in my eyes. I, you know, they've, they've got the, the backing to kind of operate as usual, as we saw um, coming out of 2008. Um, but I think a lot of these fringe clubs and, and kind of fringe markets will have to consider closing or adapting. And I think by what I mean by adapting um, is if you're a 36 hole facility, maybe now you're an 18 hole facility. If you're an 18 hole facility, maybe now you're a nine or 12 hole facility. I think there's a lot of opportunity for uh, creative repositioning um, coming out of this. I think that uh, I think that, Greens fees. Um, I think that greens fees are a direct uh, reflection of maintenance practices, and um, you know, I think coming out of this on the other side, we you know we kind of realize that hey, um, you know, the standards of maintenance probably don't need to be what they were, um, you know, a year or two ago. Coming out of this on the other side. I mean, like when I was at Desert Mountain and and Desert Mountain's not going to change and they shouldn't because they don't need to on the other side of this. Um, But, you know, we'd we'd set up the golf course for play in the morning and in the afternoon, um, you know, we're like raking, literally raking by hand uh, desert, you know, out of play, like waste areas to make it look nice and pretty. And um, I I just don't know that that kind of maintenance is necessary. Um, I think it'll be more big equipment to make fewer passes, you know, uh, going up and down the fairways and rough and, um, you know, maybe walk mowing greens, sending two, three guys out to walk mow greens in the morning might not be, uh, the most economical option for some of these clubs trying to get back on their feet. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, a walk behind greens mowers by far leaves the best finished product. Um, but is it the most economical? Certainly not. Um, I think that, you know, you mentioned something uh, prior to us hopping on here, like, are we going to get back to the status quo? And I mean, to you know, to be honest, like, I, I, I kind of hope not. Um, I wasn't in love with the status quo. I think that, 
given the recent unemployment, you know, rates that, that we're seeing, I, I'm not sure how many people have money, you know, spare money for golf memberships or, or for greens fees. And, and, and I think we're going to see a lot of those mid market, uh, middle tier clubs kind of suffer from that. Um, and I think some of these, I think people that are passionate about the game that had to give up their membership, I think they're going to plan a trip or two a year to the destination resorts. And I think that those places will, will continue to find a way um, because that may be the, you know, that may be the golf model for a lot of these people going forward rather than a Saturday, Sunday game at their home club. It's like, no, I'm just going to take a big trip instead. Um, yeah. You know, so, I, so I, it's I, just a lot. I think a lot about the maintenance practices and, and how they, like you said, impact green fees and the cost uh, of the game. Um, I was also thinking before we got on here about the uh, construction and new projects and and renovation projects. You know, will we see less of them? And then when they do happen, you know, I, I'm, I'm reflecting on conversations with Rob Collins where they were dead broke in Chattanooga and, and you know, they needed to make do with what they had. But he had this vision for a really kick-ass golf course, and you know the rest is history. Obviously, it's a social media uh, darling, but it's it's people are just in love with the place—a nine-hole golf course, you know. And and I'm wondering when people are bootstrapped, you as a design in the design world, when people are bootstrapped, they have to they have to get more creative. I think um, I know in my own life I feel that way, right? I have to get more creative with things if I don't have the the, the surplus available. Um, do you think will will those projects be required to get more creative in all this? Will they be able to to maybe do more with less? I, I think to to an extent, absolutely. Um, the issue will be, you know, finding capital to bring someone in, right, to go do that. I think on the other side of all this, but right, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, um, for sure, um, you know, what like what we're looking at right now is, uh, you know, the price of oil, right, and and. I'm looking at the end of my project here, probably wrapping up um, here in Orlando, mid-October, early November is what I'd guess. And um, we're moving forward. But if, if, if things like the price of oil continue to stay where they're at, like, I, you know, I may be out of work. Um, and I don't know what that means for the future. Um, it, pro- it tells me that, A, we're, <laughs> we're too dependent on petrol right as a as as a world market um but you know redesigning and renovating uh for like for sure that's that's going to be critical for a lot of these places to continue to survive um a a lot of these courses are going to have to do away with a lot of their frills um what i mean by that is excessive landscaping uh excessive heights of cut throughout the golf course you know um things like that and 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 that all needs work i mean I, i would never recommend a, a GM or a head pro or a superintendent and superintendents are the smartest people in the golf industry. And, and I would still recommend them to contract a designer, contract an architect to kind of define um, your either new, new naturalized areas or your new playing surfaces. And, and how do we go about, you know, getting there? Um, I think a lot, a lot of these places will probably start to cap and turn off a lot of their, perimeter irrigation i mean like when i see a new set of golf plans new irrigation plans i mean the 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 edge of the corridor of the golf hole is lined with 
with irrigation heads every 60 feet. I mean, it's, it's literally wall to wall. And I'm just like, okay, like we probably need to start to get away from that. You know, I, I don't, that's not, that's not the golf that, that I love. And I think that, um, coming out on the other side of this, some renovation work, uh, to be more naturalized, uh, to be more lay of the land, um, you know, lay of the land focused design, uh, will, will really help a lot of these clubs, um, minimize their maintenance practices. And, and, and absolutely that's, that's through the process of renovation. I mean, you're not, you're not going to take an existing golf course and just kind of <clears throat> start cutting back some of the maintenance practices and, 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 and have a good product. I mean, you're going to have to work it. You're going to have to cut out some bunkers, fill in some bunkers and, and maybe cut some new edges that you can take a fairway mower right over the top rather than have to edge by hand and things like that. And that's not stuff I'd recommend anyone to do in house. I mean, you need professional crew crew to see that. Um, and in doing so, you know, you might as well make it fun. You know what I mean? You might as well make a great golf course while, while you're there. So that's, yeah. I, I definitely think that needs to happen. You know, we, uh, you were sharing your Arizona project, uh, with some pictures on Slack and we were all drooling over some of the, the things that you guys put out there. So I, I, I like we, we get giddy over things like a lion's mouth bunker, you know, or a Redanish green or, or something that is just, uh, familiar to us, but tell us about like where in the process for you, the, the, that's getting done. You know, we see the pictures that you're sending our members are just, uh, those things step by step. Um, maybe we'll, we'll share those in a link or something for this, but what, sure. what where where are you saying like you know what we can do something pretty cool what is the process for for you uh how do you get that done absolutely um so you know from my seat and and i should just kind of define my role a little bit too um i'm 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 a nicholas designers a senior designers eyes and ears on on the site right the senior design folks they're they're based in Palm Beach Gardens. They're they're out of the office and they make their site visits very regularly. Um, but I'm you know I'm the guy in the field and 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 what happens more often than not is we're building plans that were created uh, for this project sometimes a year in advance. You know no no earth has been turned over and I'll be sitting there um, kind of watching you know watching the the phases of of construction go and I'll just be like hey you know this. I'm not entirely sure that you know what we have on paper really fits here, or I'll see something kind of come out of the dirt, and I'll just be like, "Hey, I, you know, we can build off that. We can create. We can make this better. You know what I mean? We don't have to. We're not glued to the plans. The, the plans are created, so you can put a price to to the construction. You know, that's that's really the purpose of the plans. The things are going to change out in the field, and I mean, never too dramatically, but the shape or orientation of a green or a feature. Um, it's certainly one of those things that we adjust in the field and that doesn't, that doesn't affect the, the end price. I mean, the, the lion's mouth bunker that you saw out in Arizona, um, you know, that probably changed the, the, the price a little bit because I think we went from like a 5,500 square foot green to like a 12,000 square foot green. So, so there's definitely some added costs with that, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of times, there's a lot of, there's a lot of blank space on these pages, uh, you know, of these design plans that. I'm always looking for, for an opportunity to enhance what, what's already there, you know, and, and to give my team credit, um, they're, they're good at what they do, man. They're really good. I mean, we're, we're never more than six inches off our, 
our elevations in the field um, in comparison to their plan. So, I mean, they're, they're dead nuts on, they, they, they get us, you know, they get us where we need to go, but as I'm riding around or as I'm walking the, walking the site, I mean, you know, these things just come to life and, and uh, you just kind of roll with it. And obviously I have to get these changes or I have to kind of pitch it to, to the designer because it's, it's his name going on the job. It's not mine. Yeah. You're a, you're a coordinator, you're a designer, you're a salesperson too. I mean, if you see something, you can't just do it right. You have to get all bodies on board. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's not just uh, Hey, let's, you know, this, this looks better. Let's do this. It's like a, Hey, let's maybe stand down for a little bit until I can get a response on this because I, like I said, I'm here. I mean, my, my team trusts me. Um, yeah, I've obviously, I've proven to them that I have a good eye for this sort of thing. And, and, uh, you know, they, they, they don't just, when I, when I present them with something, they, they really consider it, even though they, they don't really have to, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, it's it, like I said, it's their course. I do not have a proven track record. I've been on a number of successful jobs. Um, but I, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm, I'm a worker bee man, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm out here in the dirt. I'm going to ask you what I think is a tough question, or at least if I were you, I, I would think it's a tough question to answer. Um, there, there's a subset of golfers, even myself, <laughs> probably to be included at some points who believe Nicholas design courses are of the same design bucket. You know, I think the, the old adage is maybe you've seen a Nicholas course, you've seen them all, right? That they, they follow a very simple uh, template. I, I, I want you to share with us, is, is that fair? And what, was it fair maybe at a certain time? Is it not fair now? What would you tell those people? I, I, would, I would tell those people to consider put your seat, put yourself in the seat of the client. Um, if you're coming after a Nicholas design product, if that's what you're after, um, you have a finished, you have a finished product in mind. You want a tournament ready golf course. You want a strong, muscular, um, challenging golf course designed and, and led by the best golfer arguably of all time, you know, uh, it maybe even saying arguably is not right because the numbers Shots don't lie. Shots fired, Tiger. So, so, and look, I'll just be honest. Like, uh, Tiger's the one who made golf cool for me. So, like, I'm a huge Tiger fan. But you know, I, I wear the bear on my hat. So, um, so I, I just, I just think that <clears throat> there was certainly a time where hard golf was what people wanted and um the necklace company certainly filled the cup uh with those projects and and they're good you know, they're good at building a, a challenging tournament ready golf course um in in my experience with the company um my exposure to the senior design team um the project out in Arizona, I was with Chris Cochran and the project here in Florida, I'm with Chad Getz and, and they're both incredibly talented, um, designers and they're, they're not driven by, um, challenging golf. They're, they're driven by fun golf and exciting golf and strategic golf, um, much like I am. Um, so what's kind of happening now, what I'm seeing now is a lot of these challenging, you know, tournament ready, par 72 7400 yard golf courses our phone's ringing again saying hey uh you know we probably need to modernize this a little bit and that's that's a job i'm on right now i mean this thing i got here this the job i'm on right now is actually bob cop uh working for nicholas and 
I mean, there's 12 foot mounds that are disconnected from landforms and, and, you know, and that's what they wanted. I mean, this, (laughs) this place was, is a very well-respected golf course in the area. And the course that I was looking at when I got here, I was like, this is not my cup of tea. And, And the course that Chad has designed that we're now building is phenomenal. Very low profile, very simple. The strategies in the ground, um, the strategies not in the air, and um, I'm really excited to kind of see the direction that we turn going forward because I think um, just to back up real quick too. I mean, Jack has been known as a, a tinkerer. I mean, Jack creates his own specs on how greens should be drained, how bunkers should be constructed, and I think during that tinker time frame. Um, was really during the company's boom. So um, it, it's it's interesting to go back in time and do some of the archaeology and see like what's actually underneath this thing. Um, because what we're doing now is just so different. And, and a lot of the existing infrastructure and some of these older courses um, that we're now, you know, reworking, um, it, it doesn't, it, it's not going to work for, for the product that, that we're trying to put together today. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm probably not the best person to answer that question. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, I came to golf pretty late. I mean, I found the game in my mid twenties really. Um, And uh, you know, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can and, and, and see as much as I can. And from, from my chair, all I would say is that, yeah, there's probably a lot of repeat um, as far as strategy goes, there's a lot of repeat kind of copy paste going on. Um, and and at the end of the day, it's a client focused business. That's what that's what Jack was paid to build, you know. And uh, I, I don't I don't know is that a mail in answer? Like maybe um, I just I, I I like the direction that we're going now. I'm excited to go back and and retouch some of those some of those projects. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a mail in answer. I mean, I, I I commend you for that. I mean, I think um, it sounds like we need to go check out some of the places that uh, have been touched up. Like yeah, I want to, sure. I want to go. I mean, I've seen the pictures of you in, in, in the dirt <laughs> in Arizona and, and that's on our list now because we can, I mean, we can see it. Right. And, and so maybe it's, is there any other places that you recommend people go check out that you're just like, that you've gotten done with a project. You're like, people are going to really enjoy this. Yeah. So my, my, my list of projects with the, the Nicholas company, um, it's pretty small. Um, <clears throat> I would say when, when Sterling Grove out in Surprise, Arizona opens up uh, this fall, um, definitely go see it. Um, it's a true and managed property. Uh, they're, they're doing everything right over there. It's, it's definitely a little bit of a factory. I mean, they're putting 2,500 homes up, but the golf is like phenomenal. And that's not something we, we reworked. I mean, we, we built that with this kind of new model in mind from the start. And um, man, there's just some really cool shots out there. There's just some really cool features out there. And it, it was, it's so far disconnected from the Nicholas design product that I envisioned. Like when I laid my eyes on the plans, I was like, well, where are all the maps? Where's all the containment, you know? And there is no containment. It's just, if you hit a bad shot, you hit a bad shot and that's it. We're not holding you up anywhere. Um, which is, which is awesome. I I mean, I, I, you know, I, I I like that. I respect that. And it's just a very fun, gettable, golf course. I mean, the finishing stretch. Uh, so like 14 is going to be your, your lion's mouth, uh, par four. 15 is kind of like, a, it's like a play on, on an Alps where you're kind of hitting a blind tee shot over a hill. 
um, down to a, a, an awesome green set on a lake that has so much interior movement. I, I when I was looking at the green detail, I was like, I, I can't believe this is coming from a Nicholas office. It's it feels like something you'd see at Stream Song or or something like you know the the popular guys are building. Um, and then 16 is a drivable par four. I mean, I was driving it to the middle of the green in the dirt. I mean, there wasn't grass on it and I was, I was hitting, you know, weak fan <laughs> slices out there and it's awesome. And then, you know, seven, 17 is a long par three. It's going to be a tough hole and 18 is a par five with, you know, you've got some real chances to make birdies coming in out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then, um, renegade of course at desert mountain um it's it's extremely exclusive extremely private so not many people will, will get the chance to see it which is my the hardest pill for me to swallow because that place is is, is insane um there there's so much ground game um there's so much fun shots out there the course has six sets of tees but they're not like defined island tees like you're used to seeing in the desert they're ribbon they're runway they're ribbon tees they're all connected they all have movement in them just with like flat areas to tee a ball. Um, so it's really kind of, it's not really defined a tee space. You just kind of find a flat spot in your area and hit a shot, which is really cool. And then each hole has two greens. So when, when I was putting the, I was putting the scorecard together uh, for this project and obviously I'm in, I'm in Excel. I'm in an Excel spreadsheet kind of doing this, crunching all the numbers. And I'm looking at the, at my, <clears throat> my scorecard, and I'm like, look at all the options out here. So I started to do this computation. <clears throat> it's like a factorial computation, just super nerdy algebraic equation. And um, I basically determined that before you step on the first tee, you have 40,000 different ways to play the golf course. Okay. So whether that's the back tee on one to the white green on one, and maybe the forward tee on two to the gold green on two. Um, okay, so I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole too deep because we'll be here for days. But basically, with six sets of tees to two greens, the I think it's the 15th or 14th hole has three greens out there, actually. Um, <laughs> there's just endless possibilities to make to create an 18-hole round. Can mm -hmm. it be handicapped? Can you actually post that score? If you're bouncing from tee to different greens, no, because that hasn't been figured out. But, but there's basically forty thousand different ways to get from one tee to eighteen green out there, um, which is crazy to think about. You know, um, that that so, I think is maybe the most uh, untold, you know, untold stories in golf. That's the name of the podcast. I feel like that's one of the most untold or underappreciated ways to enjoy a golf course is making up your yeah. own holes. 100%. That's the game. That's, I mean, that's why that place speaks to me so much is because I'm not a scorecard golfer. I mean, I, I post my scores when I go out and I play like the Sunday game with my buddies, because if I don't like they'll get on my case, but like for the, for the most part, like I'm just like, no, dude, this is the shot I want to hit. And at Renegade, you have 40,000 different <laughs> shots to hit out there. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable to, to when you take a step back and, and consider the options that are given there. Um, so that, that would be a cool concept to kind of see um, come into the public somehow. And obviously budget's an issue when you have two greens on each hole. But all I'm going to say this, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this, is the amount of maintained turf on that golf course 
is is the same, the exact same as Papago, which is a city of Phoenix, city of Phoenix municipal golf course in downtown. Um, so there's the same amount of turf out there. Um, obviously, it costs more to maintain greens than it does fairway and rough, but um, there, you know, you can be creative and 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 uh, minimize your impact and have a pretty incredible product. That's uh, that's so cool. <laughs> I think I think that's the big picture. You know, you're giving us just a sense of what that big picture adds up to. Give us let's uh, shift gears. Let's talk about David the person a little bit. To why don't you tell us a little bit about your your hometown? I I love meeting people that have a ton of hometown pride. I'm from Akron, Ohio, and anyone that knows me knows I own about 50 different Akron T-shirts. Um, you are from Newtown, Connecticut. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Dude, Newtown's such a good place. Um, it's such a great place to grow up. I mean, you, you know, con- Connecticut in general um, is probably way underrated. I mean, the roads might be the worst in the whole country, um, and I can actually definitively say that. Um, the the drive, the drivers too. And I'm one of them. So like, I, I, I can say that too. Um, but you know, Newtown is 65 miles from New York city. Uh, we're three hour drive from Boston. I'm a three hour drive from some of the best beaches, um, down the Jersey shore. And it's not like what you saw on MTV a decade ago. It's like, that's not my Jersey shore. Um, and then you've got incredible skiing, you know, up in Vermont and New Hampshire. That's another three or four hour drive. Um, the, the golf scene in, in that part of the world is like, it's unbelievable. And um, that's probably why, you know, just to circle it back to golf real quick, like, you know, I, I, I learned the game. I mean, I, I was exposed to the game, I should say. I never really had the bug when I was living there, but I was exposed to the game. Um, on really cool old golf courses with push-up soil greens and um, it's just a different it's just a different way to play than than what you see being built today um, so the golf scene there is super rad and uh, and it, Newtown's just a great community you know very resilient um, very proud very proud people to be from town um, I was just I was just in town for two months it was I was supposed to be there for like two weeks through the holidays and then my project here in Florida um, got pushed back a little bit. So it ended up being the longest time I've spent in my hometown since I was in high school. Um, and man, it was such a thrill and so refreshing to kind of rediscover my hometown and the people in it and, and just like re get reacclimated uh, with the way of life there. And I'll tell you what, it, it was really hard to leave. It was, it was a, a, a real struggle to leave. I loved my time there. I love uh, having lunch with my mom every day and, and just, just kind of slowing things down. And, um, you know, the, the DNA. So I left town, I graduated high school in 2005 and, and pretty much never looked back. I mean, I, I come, I come home a few times a year to see my folks and my family and friends, but, um, you know, since 2005, the, the DNA of, of town has has kind of dramatically changed um you know both i i guess both but like physically and mentally i don't know if mentally is the right word to describe a town but i mean just you know the way of life and 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 things are, are certainly different today and um I, i'm proud to say that um i'm very happy with the way people are getting on um and and the way life has come back um to flourish in, in, in that town. Um, so it's, it's just a great place, man. You know, it's, it's the best. 
when I when I'm out on the golf course, one of my favorite things to talk to people about is is just this where they're from, you know, whether it be a neighborhood in Chicago or it's or it's their hometown. Um, I love people that have traveled, get out, experienced the world, and and I think what that does is it makes you appreciate the the little things that much more. Like in your in your hometown, those those. Uh, like you said, just having lunch with your mom, you know, and how cool that that stuff uh, actually actually is. And then I and a step further, I love people that desire to give back to it. You know, they they reflect on it fondly. They took a lot uh, from their hometowns, and then they go out in the world and they learn all these other skills, and they want to bring it back. And you have been on uh, a few podcasts before talking about giving back with your your project um do you want to talk a little bit about putatuck meadows or have you are you yeah 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 dive yeah, please we can talk about it for share, sure so share, let me share a little bit me, folks let me just start by saying that uh <clears throat> i i had no business being on those other podcasts you see the other people those guys have on there i i don't i i don't know wait you said happened. you said uh we're your favorite podcast man you should be well, you are you are so i'm you're right yeah, let me backtrack on that a little bit. So, um, and and actually, I got to put Eric Lang uh, on blast real quick because he he made me look pretty bad. The start of that podcast, he opens with "You asked me to come on this podcast, and now here you are," or something like that. And I just need to air it out that whoever whoever's listening, that is not how this went down. I I did I did reach out to Eric, and I was like, "Hey, bro, you're gonna be in Phoenix. I'm here, dude. Like, it'd be cool to connect." because I think we're both pretty rad bros. And then he was like, Hey dude, come on the pod. So Eric, if you're listening, bro, um, I just had to, I just had to do that. I doubt um, he is, but, uh, for our, for our listeners, I'll let them know that I have been begging you to talk on this thing. We talk informally plenty, but I wanted to have you on our pod and I've been begging for sure. you for weeks. So yeah, anyway, for sure. so Puda Tuck Meadows, um, it's, it's, it's my, it's my passion project, man. Um, you know, growing up in town, um, there's there's actually two there's two nine hole golf courses in town, but they're both private, and only one of them has a practice facility, and it sucks. And uh, so the kids the kids that are lucky enough to get to go exp- be exposed to the game at that one private club that has a practice area, um, it's not a very good one. It's just kind of squeezed in a little parcel that was left for nothing. Um, so. I, I know I've I've experienced firsthand how just how many ways the the game of golf can be beneficial um, to mental health, physical health, um, just really all aspects of the game. And and I I, I truly believe that uh, the community of Newtown, Connecticut, um, needs needs what I'm proposing to to be whole. Okay, and. Uh, the concept for Pudatuck Meadows, like, like for you and me, like, yeah, dude, it's going to be a sick golf course. Then I've got a pretty good piece of land, um, not secured, but, um, in talks anyway. And I can't really go into it any farther than that right now, but, um, you know, the land is ideal and, uh, the golf is going to be great, but really it's a community gathering place. Um, first and foremost, um, for outdoor recreation, uh, Newtown has an incredible indoor recreation facility with pools and basketball and tennis and fitness center and rock climbing and, um, and, and everything. And, 
you know, baseball fields and that sort of thing. But, but Pudatuck Meadows is going to have Friday night concert series where we're, you know, promoting the local brewery in town and the local food, you know, food service uh, providers and um, just a place for people to go hang out and, and, you know, listen to a Friday night concert, have, have a food truck handy, have a, a lit up, uh, a lit up chipping course. You know, the, the driving range uh, area will become like a Friday night kind of chipping course. It's going to have recreation trails. It's going to have bike trails, bring your dog, bring your kids. Um, it's going to be, you know, sledding and tubing in the winter, um, weather permitting and, and things like that. I mean, it's, 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 hard to explain um really everything it is because it's evolving kind of as as i as i see fit um but you know the the steps we're in right now i i actually have a private uh a private money guy we'll call him um he's way on board and uh he was concerned that Pudatuck meadows would be taking away from from team sports and little league and youth basketball and this sort of thing and i was pretty much like no um like those will always have participants They're, you know that's so ingrained in the community that's not going anywhere but what about the kids that are sitting at home on their ipads not playing little league not playing basketball and they can come out to Pudatuck meadows and you know connect with nature and read the signs as they're walking the trails explaining you know why this maple tree exists here and the kind of habitat it produces or um, why, you know, why we grass the golf course the way we did and, and the kind of, you know, pollinator, there you go, pollinator habitats that, that we're trying to create and, um, you know, and, 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 and things like that. I just think that it's, it's way more than just golf. And if I were to just pitch it as golf, I, I wouldn't be as far along with the process I am today. And like my, my real exposure to the game was at a city course, um, in Aspen, Colorado. I lived in Aspen, Colorado. Uh, for five years it was a total ski bum still am i just don't have a ski area out my back door anymore um and the city of aspen offers a, a golf pass to their muni for like 700 or 800 bucks you play unlimited golf for the year if you're a resident um if you're visiting and you want to play one round of golf it's like 200 bucks so it's like it's like okay i played three and a half rounds and and like i'm, I'm good like we got it so um, so me and my buddies, we were out there every day and it, it's not the kind of golf that's competition golf. It's like, Hey, you know, we're not doing anything. Uh, we're not fly fishing today or whatever. Like, let's go, let's go out to the Muni and just go for a hike, man. Just go for a walk and chase a ball. And, um, that's, that's where I found the version of the game that, that, that I love and that I cherish. And that's the kind of imprint that I want Pudatuck Meadows to have on the community. It's a place for kids to get out of the house and um you know sad sad story a little bit but you know we i didn't have this grow when i was growing up and um you know my community was hit pretty hard with uh with a, a bit of an opioid epidemic and um I, you know i've i've we've lost some good friends along the way um good kids which just kind of stuck around and didn't really have an outlet and I'm not saying I'm not going to sit here and say that Pudatuck Meadows would save lives. Um, I'm not that, I'm not that ignorant. I just think that if we had something like that, that could gauge some interest from the people that truly live there and call that place home. Um, it just gives them a better opportunity to find that outlet rather than 
bunkered down in your mom and dad's basement or or whatever it was. So I just I just you know it's just something the town needs to to be whole, man, and 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 that's all it is. It's impactful. It's impactful stuff. I, I get excited every time I hear you talk about it. You know, my reference for um, community golf is Canal Shores here in Chicago. We have a ton of our members who are just gravitating to helping out any way they can to because they, you know, they have friends that don't play golf. I think more, far more of our members have their best friends that aren't golfers than those that, that are. Um, you know, we all have our, our traditional foursome, but there's so many people we care about outside of golf that we would like to share these places with because it's the great outdoors. It's, it's so useful in other ways than just satisfying our, our golf junkie habits. And uh, places like what you're describing are so critical. Um, you know, it, it goes back to that tweet by Bob Cup. It's the same exact thing you're trying to build, man, is, is what that can do to, to change communities. And, and I think it, I bring up Canal Shores because we see it. You know, they have their movie nights. They have their concert series. They have their bird watching clubs. They have bikers. People are now biking on the golf course. It's awesome. Right. You know, yeah, that's like, awesome. I yeah. saw a dude just like ramp off of a bunker I was hitting out of. And I said, that is actually really cool. Um, <laughs> totally, man. Like that's, that is way cool. And, and it's, and it didn't take away from my golf at all. And, and I think, yeah. you know, the willingness, a lot of people are, are going to ask along this process, I'm sure of what exactly is it doing for the community? And I think what I've seen with places like Canal Shores, places like, uh, um, Goat Hill Park out in California, um, it's the places that are saying, we don't know what it will be. Yeah, we can really intangible. Yeah, it's open to anything that that requires green space. Yeah, and and I think that's been your approach. And I, pr- you probably might get some grief because of that. You know, people that maybe want obviously they want more concreteness to it. But you know, th- this is um, I just think it's great, man. Yeah. No. Thanks. And and you know, just to just to give a little update, like where where I'm at with it, um, with the state that the kind of economy is in right now um you know everything is just on hold and while i was able to spend a couple months at home i you know i had made some some big time progress i kind of had to you know I, I had one direction and that fell through um which was fine you know they at the end they kind of strung me along for a while and then eventually said no and that's great like i just needed to hear no you know so i can you know refocus um so I've got I've got a really positive lead uh, with this guy that has the same vision that I do. He, he knows what I'm trying to do and he understands it. And he's he's been on board with similar projects longer than I've been thinking about Pluto Tech Meadows. So um, I think I found I think I found the right right guy. It's just we're just at a, at, a, at a standstill for the time being. You know, and I want New Club to help help you in this. I I actually I think this might be a good time to announce something. I don't know when this podcast will air, but you know, we've been uh, very informally um, volunteering at, at Canal Shores, the community golf course in, in Evanston, just north here of, of town, um, doing maintenance work throughout the winter, uh, throughout the early spring. You know, times that we we would love to be outside, but uh, playing golf is impossible. And and our members are doing the um, the maintenance work that skill unskilled labor, I'd call it. Even though sure, many of yeah. these many of these 
gentlemen and ladies, they're, they're, they're skilled, but you know, we're doing, we're picking up sticks and we're, uh, you know, making clearings and, um, maybe shaping some bunkers actually with our hands at the you know edges. Uh, but, but all the skilled labor, you know, the greens, the tee boxes, that's their very, very small maintenance staff. But as you know, being in the business, every little bit helps. And, and it has seriously made an impact over the last three years. What we're going to uh, launch coming up soon is, is what's called the New Club Artisans. So a subset of our members, if you are a member of New Club and you want to um, give back to an area golf course in this way, uh, we're going to formalize it and we're going to help you, help you do it. So the New Club Artisans are, are going to be at Canal Shores as, as part of this. Um, but we, we're also talking to a club in, in Georgia. We want to help places that, you know, aren't going to have the big budgets, but really want to give back to the community in this way. And the crazy thing is it's, you know, all charity in a way is a little selfish, but I just love talking to our members who it wasn't on their mind to go up and, you know, dig a bunker or (laughs) rip some bushes out and, um, and get in the dirt. But after they do, there is such a, a sense of satisfaction, and and you just feel you feel great. You do, and and we have seen this uh, happen, and we're just we're very passionate about it. So I'm taking your passion. I'm fueling you know a little project that we have, but I'd love the new club artisans to be in Newtown at some point, helping you guys out. Dude, for sure, what an awesome little project you guys have going. That is so cool because. Not everyone gets to experience that side. I mean, even if you're just clearing out, you know, underbrush or overgrowth or, or whatever it is, um, you're connecting with that golf course and it is, it's that land, that, that piece of ground, it's a part of you and and you're a part of it now. And, uh, it, it gives you like, I have a hard time shutting that off when I'm just out for like a leisurely round. And I think some of your guys who are participating in this, some of the men and women of new club who are participating in this, um, uh, you know, it's going to give them a new, a new look, uh, a new perspective, um, on how they view the golf course. It's, it's going to be really great. And the clubs that will benefit, um, uh, from, from your little team, from the artisans here is, you know, they're, they're all better for it. And, you know, to be honest, I, you know, <clears throat> a lot of these clubs, they spend so much time, taking care of things like that, you know, and, uh, you're, what you're doing is allowing the skilled labor or the professional labor to focus on playing surfaces, um, where they need to be, you know, not raking desert or not clearing out undergrowth or, uh, underbrush or, or whatever. So, you know, that, that, that impacts, uh, many, many parties in many different ways. And that's a pretty powerful movement, man. You're, you're, you're really onto something there. And, um, Puda Tech would love to have that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, when I was walking around with uh, this guy that's been playing at Canal Shores for like 50 years, and he said, you know, these greens are the best they've ever been by a mile. And yeah. and he, he's right. They're really good. And I shared that with the superintendent, and he said exactly what you said, which is we wouldn't be able to, to get them that good if, if we were focused on everything else. So, you know. Yep, 100%. You uh, you picking up the trash in the <laughs> on the embankment uh, made a difference. And that's, it's all part of it, man. Community golf. It, it is, man. It is. It's, it's bigger than that. That's exactly right. It just, it just needs to be part of the community, not, not just behind a closed gate or behind hedgerows or, or whatever. It needs to be front and center. Everyone can touch it and, and be a part of it. And, uh, it, it, the snowball effect is real once you, once you cross that threshold. Yeah. 
Well, let, let me, uh, we're coming up on the hour. Let me ask you a couple more questions before we let yeah. you go. Um, sure. What, this might be a little, a little, uh, different, but what's your favorite thing to do on a golf course while you're playing that other people maybe don't do or find odd? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, there's, there's a few things for sure. Um, I, I'm, I habitually fix every ball mark I see, um, because I know how important it is for turf health on the greens. And, and, uh, I know that's not the direction you're looking for me to go in. No, but, no, that's um, fine. I, I assumed it was something I'm around like, course care. I'm like, I'm like a complete maintenance freak. I, I, I'm, I go through a bottle of sand and seed by like the second hole and, uh, I'm just, I, I, you know, I want to leave it in a better place, you know, than I found it. And I think that more people kind of need to adopt that mindset. And I don't know that it's the best for pace of play, but I'm not a slow player. and I'm usually the first one waiting for everyone else at the green. And I've just filled in five or six divots and fixed five or six ball marks. Um, I think for, for what you're, what you're looking for um, to just circle back real quick. Um, I, I, I live in my head, man. Um, I'm a total nutcase. Um, I, 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 I can't stop. I can't shut my brain off. So I, when I'm walking on a golf course, whether I'm with a foursome or by myself, um, my eyes are closed a lot. I'm visualizing a lot. I'm slowing my brain down. I'm, I'm hitting this trance, you know, that that's really only possible for me. Um, I only find that space either if I'm skiing trees in knee deep snow um, or when I'm walking the golf course is the only two places in my life I've ever found that headspace. And, um, that's, that's what brings me back, man, is that therapy that, um, that just clear your mind and, and, and you'll see me, like I said, literally with my eyes closed, like just walking blindly. That's, I love it. What about a recent, um, mem- what's your most memorable recent golf experience? Yeah. So, um, so last year, July, um, I attended the uh, No Laying Up Summit uh, event at Common Ground, and uh, <clears throat> Tran was kind enough to uh, put me in a group with uh, Eric Iverson, who is uh, one of Doke's uh, lead design associates. And Eric is a Denver Denver guy, and um, <clears throat> Eric built Common Ground like you know with his bare hands. So. Um, to, to be exposed to someone who has seen so much, um, who's been around the game so much and to see the appreciation that he has for not only that golf course, but for what that golf course means for the city of Denver, for the youth of Denver, for the golfers of Denver. Um, so also in our group was the director of the Colorado golf association, who's a heck of a stick. And so is Eric. Um, and it was just so cool to listen to them banter. I mean, I did everything I could to not talk shop with Eric because he was there to play golf. And, um, I, I had literally a bajillion questions to ask him, but he was really great in saying like, Hey, let's, you know, come over here. Look at this from this angle where I might not have seen it. Cause I was walking to my ball at the left side of the fairway. And he's like, come check this out from the right. And, um, just, at, just to have a, a, a glimpse into his eyes. Um, into his mind it was it was so impactful all, all it did honestly it, it was so humbling um, to see see this man who is one of the best in the world at what he does 
Um, and to just watch how, how he sees things, it just, it, it, it made me realize like how insignificant, like my existence is and all the great golf that this man has touched and, um, continues to just like leave this awesome legacy behind, um, common ground might be the most powerful, um, golf course in, in, in his entire, um, you know, his entire portfolio. So it was just, it was just way cool, man. It, it meant so much for me to be a part of that and to see, just to see how he goes about it. Um, it was, it was great. That really cool experience. That's, that's really neat. Well, yeah. well, uh, anything else, any lasting words you'd like to, to use with for, for membership to, to keep with them as we sign off? Just, you know, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's too tough. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fully take the bait there. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say like golf is, it's, it's all subjective and it's all opinion based. And if someone tells you that you should like something, um, they may not be 100% correct. Um, and it's really, how you consume it and, and how you absorb it and how it makes you feel. Um, I think emotion is probably the most forgotten like sense, I guess to I'll call it here um, on the golf course. I think we're too analytical and too in the air um, sometimes on the golf course. And what I mean by that is thinking about the ball in the air um, that you lose sight of, of some of the emotions that the great designers and great architects um, try to instill. I mean, I'm, I'm always thinking about what emotion will I feel as I stand on this tee, um, and just try and find that headspace. And I think you'll be better. You'll be a better player for it, and you'll have more fun on the golf course if if, if that's your kind of mindset. You fully took the bait. That was very eloquent and a great message to leave everyone with. Um, so, David, thank you, man, for being on. Yeah, man. I, I I think especially right now, I I've been. Uh, reading a lot of doom and gloom about the future of golf and uh, right now just talking to you i'm i'm very grateful that um folks like yourself have a seat at the table in the industry uh are doing good work are still passionate about their their passion projects even through you know all this uncertainty and uh it's it's uplifting and it's great to it's great for the game yeah, thanks, man. It's been it's been a real pleasure to uh, to not only be on the podcast, um, but to be a part of the society and uh, you know the the new club society, the ambassadors, your your local Chicago uh, contingent. Um, it, it's it's just part of a bigger you know just a bigger project, a bigger program um, that that really filled a void for me. So um, I I'm dying to have the opportunity to be more active within the community. Um, my schedule, I'm working through the summer for the most part, so it's, it's not the best, but um, I'm going to do my part to, uh, to try and show face a little more and uh, be a little more active within the community itself. We'll, we'll get you going. And, yeah. and Newtown, new club. Yeah, Newtown man. Club. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Let's do I'll it. Get, I'll get working on it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Me too. Me too. All right. All right, Dave. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, have a great day. See you, man. See you.